are going to continue in our sermon series that we are uh, doing throughout the summer called The Summer of Leadership. Pretty uh, basic title for a really important need that we have here in church, not only locally through Legacy Nashville, but that we have in our nation, America. How many of you would agree that we are suffering from a lack of leadership in various ways throughout our current cultural climate? Right? It's interesting, though, that we have more books readily available on the topic of leadership. We are so resource-rich when it comes to the topic of leadership that we really shouldn't be having a leadership problem. Everybody and their dog is talking about leadership. You know, you get targeted with ads of people who want to help you enhance your leadership, grow your business, grow in your ability to develop people and run a team or a staff. And so when you look at everything that is out there, we really shouldn't be having the leadership problem that we all admit that we have. So I think that what God wants to do is give us a new way, allow us to lead in a new dimension so that we can lead in this current cultural climate and in this generation that we find ourselves in. So I want us to go to John chapter 13 today. That's where we're going to find our assignment for the morning. John chapter 13. I'm going to read a lot of verses of scripture. Is that okay with you guys? I'm going to read verses 1 through 17. Okay, 17 verses of scripture. I know normally I don't read that chunk uh, at one time, but we're going to read 17 verses of scripture all together. Um, you guys ready? Yes. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, what does that mean? Jesus understood that this was the moment in which he'd been waiting for for many years. He knew he was on the brink of crucifixion, all right? Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. So this is interesting to me. That even though Jesus knew that he was about to be crucified, um, he still made time to have a meal with his friends. I mean, that's just moving at a different pace. Wouldn't you guys agree? You're like, I'm about to die in the next day or so. But I'm still going to pause long enough to sit at a table with my friends and explain the coming kingdom of God. That's just a different pace of leadership. When I read that, I get offended. Because you would think, like, man, there's so many things Jesus could be doing that would be adding more value to his ministry and to his legacy. And yet here we see Jesus stopping to celebrate a religious exercise called the Passover. To observe a religious holiday called the Passover. This is something he had been doing every year around this time. I mean, to me, I just think this is fantastic that he is doing something recurring and he's doing something religious. Because a lot of times when we look at leaders or we look at our own lives, we're like, we want to be remembered for something great. We don't have time to have dinner with people. We don't have time to sit around and have a conversation over a table. We got the world to change. We got history to write. We got moves to make. What am I doing sitting around having dinner, coffee with my friends? 
right? What am I doing? Observing religious routines. I got the world to save, man. I got money to make. What am I doing going to church every Sunday? What am I doing observing the religious calendar? What am I doing, you know, doing these religious things, man? I got moves to make. You guys with me on this? So we see Jesus, who is our ultimate example of leadership, moving at a different pace on the brink of his murder. Am I the only one offended so far? Because I want to be a leader, but now I'm already challenged at the way in which Jesus chooses to live his life. So he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist and then he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but after you, afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, and that was why he said, not all of you are clean. And when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. Everybody say a leadership example. That you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Today, I want to talk to you guys from the topic of leaders wash dirty feet. Leaders wash dirty dirty feet. This is leadership behavior that we're studying today. This is the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, look, you want to lead? You want to be big? You want to be in charge? Watch me. This is how you do that. So Lord, help us today as we study your word, stretch us, transform us, transform us into Jesus type leaders. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So let me ask you a question. What type of leader gets down on their hands and on their feet and washes dirty feet? Sure, Jesus does. We know that because we read it in Scripture. And when I think of leadership, I can religiously acknowledge Jesus. I can think about moments like this in which Jesus leads by going low and being humble and serving But when I think about a modern day leader, the type of leader that fascinates me, the type of leader that I'm inspired by, the type of leader that I watch and I say, I want to be a leader like that. Let me show you guys the first set of leaders. So (laughs) this right here, if you've ever seen Wall Street 2, 
most most people don't like that movie. I I think it's I think it's, I think it's a pretty entertaining movie, but don't watch it. I'm not encouraging you to watch it. I don't even know what it's rated. Okay, so I don't want to get in trouble. But I remember watching this once on a plane, and this guy's name is Gordon Gecko, and he is like so kick butt, take charge. I'm big man on campus making the money moves. I'm like, man, that's an amazing leader right there. And then you got, so, you know, it's a fictitious character, right? And then you got Tony Stark, man. Who doesn't want to be like Tony Stark? I mean, he's a genius, right? He's so confident, a.k.a. arrogant. You know, he's like, he's just, he's just got it all going on. You're building Iron Man. Iron Man's the only, like, uh, fantasy movie I've ever seen. So apologies to you guys about that. I know some of you guys are like heresy, you know, and I apologize. I just don't watch like comic book movies and stuff. And then here, Denzel Washington in anything. Okay. Denzel Washington in literally anything. All right. Um, Denzel Washington is amazing. I take, honestly, I've been inspired by Denzel Washington since I was a kid. I spit out my gum in a certain way because of how I watched Denzel Washington spit out his gum in the film American Gangster, okay? It's not like, it's not like, he makes a fist and he goes, and I'm like, savvy, savvy. So I stole it and I spit out gum like that to this day. I'm like, it's a vibe, dude. So these are, these are fictitious characters, right? And so you see movies, and we can kind of be like, yeah, okay, I know those guys aren't real. So let's go to some real people. Uh, these are people, you know, you follow on Instagram, you know, and you're like, man, these guys are so inspiring. This is our picture of a leader. How I many of you guys know Gary Vee, right? Man, this dude's got so much energy. I watch him, and I just feel shame. I'm like, I am definitely not working as hard as Gary Vee, you know? And then, uh, then you got Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, right? I mean, this guy's a specimen. He's always working out. You know, he's got like his own shoe. He's got a gym of like, that's like hashtag goals in his house, you know? He looks like the perfect dad. This kid is so cute, you know? And then lastly, this is Grant Cardone. Some of you guys probably don't know who this guy is, but I get targeted by his ads all the time. I don't even think I follow him, but it's like 10X, 100X. You're not doing enough. You suck. You know, it's like basically that. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying bad about him. I actually have, I think I know somebody who knows him, and apparently he's a really good dude. So I'm not saying bad about him or any of these people, okay? So please don't take it as such. But you know what Instagram doesn't show us? It doesn't show any of these people washing feet. It doesn't show any of these people, like, going low. It doesn't show any of these people being humble. I mean, there are times I think Gary Vee's, like, humble, and I like some things that he does. And from time to time, I go on a little binge, you know, of Gary Vee, and I'm like, yes, I'm so inspired to get things done now. And, and so I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to follow these folks on Instagram or to be inspired by fictitious characters. Please don't hear me saying that. But it's just the nature of when you start comparing yourself to the leadership styles of people as portrayed through film, through Instagram, through media, it's very difficult for you to, for you to ever measure up. And what we start doing is we become so obsessive about these figures and trying to measure up in accordance to their highlights that we forget about reading the scripture and trying to measure up to the servitude, to the humility, to the nature, to the character of God as exemplified through the person Jesus Christ. Because our ultimate example for life as Christians are none of these folks. 
Our ultimate role model is Jesus Christ. Our ultimate example is Jesus. The picture that we should have in our lockers, like the poster that we should hang over our beds, is of none of these fictitious characters, but it is that of Jesus. As we look at the model, the behavior, the nature, the character, the lifestyle of Jesus, and we say, as a Christian, I should, I must, I am hungry to become more like Jesus. And so sometimes I get caught in this trap of like, man, I should be a leader like this. I should be a leader like that. But then, you know, honestly, guys, it's not even my personality uh, to lead as some of those people. And, and, and I know sometimes we get caught in that as well. We're like, man, I got to be like this. And it's like, dude, you're not, that's not even your personality. Like you'd have to be something other than how God created you to be in order to lead like that. Right. So why would you want to win at life pretending to be somebody that you're not? Right? Because then you'd have to act. And that's the only way you'd ever be successful. The day you decided to be yourself, you'd lose everything. That'd be a bummer, huh? Right? And so we have to be who God has created us to be. And we have to look at Jesus as the ultimate model for leadership. And so I want to I talk a little bit about Jesus' attitude for leadership. I'm not talking necessarily just about Jesus' actions for leadership. But I want to talk about Jesus' attitudes uh, for leadership. So I think that we could all agree that our current model, and, and obviously there's no women on this. These are people, I'm not, I mean, I'm obviously inspired by women, but if you're a girl in here, like, you're like, I don't know. I don't really get inspired by any of those dudes. That's okay. You probably have your own list, okay? And that's fine. But I think that we could all agree that our current model for leadership in, in our culture is not that of Jesus washing dirty feet. Like, that's not our model for leadership. Our model for leadership is be the big man on campus, right? Take charge. Talk down to your directs. You know, be respected. Ride an Uber black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, these are all of our examples. Like, that's what it means to be a leader. Uh, but that's, that's not what it takes to raise up a generation of leaders. Like we have this leadership problem and everybody's pursuing this leadership picture and it's not getting any better. We got plenty of books. We got plenty of blogs. We got plenty of podcasts that can give us instructions for leadership actions. But unfortunately, we even as Christians are not being formed in the right attitude. So Jesus teaches us an insanely different way of leadership. Jesus takes the action of washing feet because Jesus has adopted the appropriate kingdom attitude. If you're going to serve, you're going to wash feet, you're going to go low, you're going to be humble, you're going to lead like Jesus, here's what you've got to have. Not just a picture and say, I'm going to follow that example. But you have to have a transformation of your heart where you have the appropriate attitude to do that as a natural byproduct of serving God. That you love God so you naturally love people. The action of washing dirty feet, to be sure, flows from an attitude. And so when Jesus told us to follow in this example, he did not mean to simply hold an event once a year called a foot washing service. Now, uh, I grew up in churches where we had foot washing service. Anybody else in here? A couple of you guys. I know some of you guys are freaked out by that. If we were to bring that back, it would really scare you. I honestly think we should, you know, like it's a beautiful thing and it's an amazing thing. I think it's truly when you look back at the history of the church, it's actually a sacrament in the way that it was practiced. The liturgical church, if, you, if you've if you've seen this like a sign, didn't know what it meant. Maundy uh, Thursday. You ever heard of that? Maundy Thursday. Maundy literally means foot washing. 
So this is something that a lot of churches observe, particularly more liturgical expressions of church. They observe this on the Thursday before Good Friday. They get together, they pray for each other, and they wash one another's feet. How awesome is that? It's hard to be arrogant when you got a dirty foot in your hand. You know, it's just hard to have an ego when you're scrubbing somebody's toes. You know what I mean? It's a practice. It's, it's the example of Jesus. But it's not just getting together for an event that God wants us to practice. It's having transformation of the heart so that we can carry the attitude of Jesus. That's what he wants us to live out. Jesus, our example, embodies this attitude that a leader must have. It's the attitude of a foot washer. This attitude is one of humility. This is what my spiritual mom, Heidi Baker, calls lower still. It's the attitude of lower still. No matter how humble we've gone, our our desire is to be transformed by the Holy Spirit so that we can go lower still, so that we can be more humble. She calls it wearing the brown robe of humility. Instead of putting on the big uh, golden robes that everybody wants to flaunt and be recognized by with the long train like the Pharisees, that we would be satisfied wearing the brown robe of humility, serving people in secret, not caring who gets the reward, not caring who gets the publicity, not caring who gets the credit, but that we do it because we're in love with Jesus and we know he's in love with these people. And, and you know, that is the, that's the attitude Uh, that Jesus is embodying here. Lower still is the direction that the kingdom of Jesus goes. Henry Nouwen, in his book, In the Name of Jesus, said this, The way of the Christian leader is not the way of upward mobility, in which our world has invested so much, but the way of downward mobility, ending on the cross. I mean, this is the example of Jesus. This is what we see in Scripture. Um, I found uh, like a, a quote on Instagram this week. It's from uh, uh, Dr. Frank Damasio. It says, don't try to go up the ministry ladder. There is no ladder. Just a table to serve. We are servants, not climbers. Ambition won't get us any closer to Jesus. Isn't that good, guys? Ambition won't get us any closer to Jesus. But listen, this is offensive to us. If you really think about it, I mean, guys, it's so easy. Can we get real, real? Real, real, right? It's so easy for us to come into church and be like, yeah, that's right. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. Wow, that was a good word today, Pastor. And then walk right out the door and conform to the models of leadership that culture invites us to follow. And not look at Jesus, a suffering servant who took the cross for us, who washes the dirty feet of his friends. And not truly to model that, not truly pursue that, not truly go after that and becoming more humble. This is offensive to our normal leadership examples, but greatness looks uniquely different in the kingdom of Jesus. In this era of this story, as Jesus gets up from supper, he takes off his outer garments, he wraps a towel around his waist. The washing of feet, this picture, is a service that would have been performed by a slave. Truly, this is this is slavery duty right here, a hired servant, an indentured servant, a house servant, like a butler of some sort. Like this is what they would do when you would have guests over to your house. If you had if you had a servant, they would have a towel wrapped around their waist. They wouldn't, you know, shower you. Right. Like Peter said, but they would bend over and they would clean your feet. 
Because they wore sandals, right? So they would clean your feet. They'd wash the dust off your feet. These are things that servants and slaves would do. So Jesus literally takes the posture of a slave. I mean, this is not an unfamiliar picture that the disciples are witnessing here. They've been in and out of plenty of personal residences where their feet were washed by the house servant. So they're all sitting there having dinner and they notice Jesus is standing up and he is dressing himself like a house servant. This is this religious, big religious holiday that they're celebrating. This is their leader. This is their rabbi. And he wraps a towel around his waist and he starts to wash their feet just like they've had their feet washed in other environments when it was being washed by a slave. And this kind of leadership catches Peter off guard, doesn't it? Lord, what are you doing? What? what? No, I'm not going to let you do this. You're my teacher. You're my Lord. You're my God. You're my rabbi. Like, you're my savior. I'm not going to let you wash my feet. Who do you think you are? Dressing up like a slave? Dressing up like a servant? See, this style of leadership catches humanity off guard. You know, we, we sometimes will judge the disciples. It's so funny how we read the Bible as Christians today. We're always the best person in the story, right? We're always like, yeah, what a, man, Peter, man, what a mistake he made there, you know? But, you know, honestly, that's the way that we often see Jesus ourselves. We're like, I don't want my Jesus to be a suffering servant on a cross. You know, that doesn't get you a promotion. That doesn't get you a following. I want my Jesus to be a savior and strong. I want him to be the big man on campus that's running the show. I want him to be a warrior king. That's my God. That's who I serve. That's who I follow. Jesus, what are you doing? What are you doing washing the feet of people that deserve it less than me? What are you doing promoting people who I know have sinned? Right? But see, that's what Jesus is doing. He is offending our model for what it looks like to lead. He is offending our examples of what it means to be in charge. And he's going low and he's washing feet. They had their own models for what leadership looked like. In that day, leaders were political figures. They were actually warrior kings. And this is what they wanted Jesus to be because they were expecting Jesus. They desired Jesus to set them free politically from Roman oppression. Like, Jesus, how are you going to ride a war horse in victory over the Romans while you're dressing like a slave washing my dirty feet? You're not doing what I need you to do. You're not doing what I expect you to do. And Jesus takes this posture of a lowly foot washer, and Peter actually tries to rebuke the Lord, right? Kings don't wash dirty feet. Listen, in the kingdom of Jesus, kings wash dirty feet. In the kingdom of Jesus, kings wash dirty feet. We must become humble foot washing leaders. Given our current cultural model for leadership, we often want Jesus as a warrior king as well, right? We want him to be our deliverer from either culture or from politics or whatever we want Jesus to be for us, right? And, And surely he is our deliverer. He is our savior. He is our redeemer. And so often we look at the models for leadership and we want Jesus to be the boss. We want him to take charge. We want him to kick butt. We want him to work hard. What, Jesus, what are you doing stopping for dinner? We got a world to save out here. People are going to hell. We got to transform cities. You're stopping for dinner. You you guys recognizing this? Jesus moves at a different pace. 
He moves differently. He is a different type of leader. But let me ask you a question. Can you receive from that different type of leader? The humble Jesus. The servant Jesus. Or does Jesus only have to look like your warrior king in order for you to receive from him? Can you receive from a humble Jesus that wants to minister to you, wants to wash your feet, wants to consistently cleanse you of all of your trespasses? Can we receive from this type of leader? If you want to be that type of leader that washes dirty feet, a humble leader, I'm going to give you guys four points to do that. If you want to be a humble leader, how many of you guys want to be a humble leader in here? I want to be a humble leader, right? I want to be a foot-washing kingdom leader. Well, how do you do that? Number one is you consistently allow Jesus to cleanse you. You consistently allow Jesus to cleanse you. If you allow Jesus to consistently wash you of your dirt, you will have no problem serving. Let me say it again. If you allow Jesus to consistently minister to you, you will have no problem serving. I can promise you this. If you hate serving, it's probably been a while since your last encounter. <clears throat> like if you're like, no, I'm done with, I don't want to serve people. I don't, I can't stand people. You know where you need to go? You need to connect with Jesus because he loves to serve people. He loves to wash feet. And so if we'll consistently go into the presence of God and connect with Jesus and let him be our example and minister to us, then we'll have no problem serving. Unfortunately, it's common that when we become leaders, we take on the pride of our position. <clears throat> right? Like Peter did. Peter took on the pride of the position. I'm the first place disciple. You know, I'm, I'm being apostle. I'm the big man on campus, right? He was looking at the definitions of leadership in the culture. He had taken on the pride of the position. And just like Peter so often, we are unwilling to admit that we need help. If you're going to be a humble leader, you have to be willing to admit you need Jesus to wash your feet. I don't know if this is hitting so good, but, you know, I know the truth is, is that we love to embrace the pride of our positions. No, no, no. I'm straight. I'm good. I don't need no help. I can do it all by myself. I'm a self-made person. Don't worry. I do it. I'm good. No, you need Jesus to come and to cleanse you. You need Jesus to change your attitude. You need Jesus to transform your heart. You need Jesus to wash your feet so that you can keep walking through this world without offense. So that you can practice forgiveness. So that your heart can stay soft in the midst of trying to serve people that don't want you to. You need Jesus to cleanse you. You need to stay healed. Your pride can get in the way of your purity. Peter needed to be cleansed, but he didn't want to, he didn't want to let Jesus wash him, so he resisted. He had adopted the mindset of another type of leader, which is leaders don't need their feet washed because leaders don't have dirty feet. I'm good. I don't have it. There ain't nothing wrong with me. Ain't nothing wrong with me. See, this is one of the reasons why foot washing is good. Because there's very few people with pretty feet. You know what I mean? It's like we get in touch with our humanity when we show another people our weird toe. He's like, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. You know, hope you're not freaked out. Got a little bunion right there. A little corn on this side. If you're going to be a humble leader, you've got to daily yield to Jesus' ministry to cleanse you, to purify you of sin and selfish ambition. Here's point two. Practice serving people that don't like you. 
This is, yeah, and this should be habitual in your life. Like, you're like, oh man, there's an invitation. I, that person don't like me. I'm going to serve them. Now, this is tough, isn't it? It's not easy, is it? Jesus washed the feet of deserters, betrayers, and in essence, his very own murderer. Jesus washed the feet of the man that he knew was going to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver to have him killed. Can you imagine washing the feet of your murderer? These men claim to love Jesus, and yet they all turned their backs on him in his greatest moment of need. He knew that was going to happen. He knew that the sheep would be scattered, and yet he washed their feet anyway. And he did it with a good attitude. He did it in real, honest love. And what Jesus is showing us here is what it means to be submitted to God versus just being obedient to God. Now, it's very easy to say, I'm going to serve because God says in the Bible that you should serve, and so I want to be obedient. But obedience is about your actions. Submission is about your attitude. Are you just obedient to God or are you actually submitted to God? Are you going to have a good attitude when you serve people that don't like you? Are you going to spend time, let Jesus cleanse you of your attitude and then operate in love, operate in service, operate in kindness, operate in joy? Say, man, I know my boss doesn't like me, but I'm going to be so happy. When I serve him today because I'm yielded to the presence of Jesus and he's cleansed me, he's washed my feet, he's transformed my heart. So it is my delight to come in here and serve one of God's children. He just doesn't know who he is yet. He'll probably get in touch with that as he sees me serving him as he responds to me with anger. You guys with me? Yes. Serve people that don't like you. That's important. Jesus didn't just perform the actions that he was told to. He washed dirty feet with the right attitude, which was in love and humility. Here's point three. Don't serve to lead, serve to teach. All right, this is probably, this is one of those points. It's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But listen, this is the point that transformed me the most this week. I'll be honest with you. As Jesus served the disciples, Jesus taught the disciples. He was more focused on their development than he was his destiny. Wow. Come on. Yes. All right, let's make this real time, right? So often when we think about leadership, here's what we think about, my calling. Wow. I'm doing my calling. I've, I've been called to greatness. I have a destiny. God has called me to do something. And so we think and we focus so much on our calling that we forget about the people. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The people that we're serving, the people that God wants to love through us, uh, they're just stepping stones. For us to step into our destiny. And so leading for many of us becomes more about me doing my calling than it does about the people God's put in the room for me to serve. And so Jesus didn't just serve to lead. He served to teach. The whole point of you becoming a leader is not your calling. It's God's people. Having a paradigm shift here is guaranteed to alter our attitudes because instead of complaining about people while we pursue our call, we'll realize that people are actually the point. These people are getting in the way of my call. I have a destiny. These people are getting in the way. God, you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them? Sick of these guys getting in the way of my destiny. And God's like, no, people are the point. This is why 
you're called. If you're a leader, people are watching you and they're learning from you. And your job is not simply to do your call, but to bring them on the journey of learning how to lead with the right attitude. Here's point four, and I'll make it quick. Get over yourself, your status, image, and privileges. This is something I would love to preach to millennials with a megaphone, to be honest. We are so obsessed with our perks. We are so inspired by VIPs and becoming a person of notable influence. I mean, we love to pretend like we got blogger mail. I mean, this is just like a thing that we do in our culture. You know, it's like we're obsessed with this stuff, man. We are so obsessed with it. And if you're truly going to lead like Jesus, you have to get rid of your status. Right? I mean, Jesus, look, okay. Jesus is clear. He's in charge. Look at verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am, right? Jesus doesn't shrink back from the fact he's in charge. Verse 16, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. He's like, hey, don't think just because I've washed your feet that you're greater than me. Right. You, you see, he's, like, he's very clear about it. He's like, hey, look, a servant is not greater than his master. I'm the master. I'm the Lord. I'm the king. I'm the Lord of lords. I'm the savior, right? Nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Jesus says, I'm the teacher. That means he's their senior pastor. It's their rabbi, right? Jesus says, I'm the Lord, which means he's God. He can command these disciples to do anything he asked for them. And if he wanted to, he could say, hey, you guys wash my feet. And in fact, this wasn't an uncommon thing. In Acts 22 and 3, we learn that disciples often sat at the feet of their disciples. And in Matthew 3 and 11, John the Baptist says, I'm not even worthy to untie the sandal, which means it was probably common for people who were following a rabbi to untie the sandal of their, of their rabbi because it was a common saying, may the dust of your feet be upon me. It, it it was probably a common thing for disciples to wash the feet of their rabbis. It was just a part of what they did. It was their service as they followed people. And the, uh, these are the sort of things that disciples would do for their rabbis, never the other way around. But instead, Jesus took no rights. He took no status. He took no perks. Instead of receiving service, he gave service as a slave. Philippians 2 and 6 says, Who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus cho chose not to use his authority to subdue his team and force them to submit to him. Instead, he taught them by embodying the virtues of humility and service. Look at how Jesus does leadership. I mean, to me, this is like, anybody ever got upgraded on a flight? It's awesome, isn't it? When you get upgraded on a flight, like I've been traveling for a while now, I'm finally like getting status a little bit. And so it's like, when that upgrade comes, man, it's so sweet. And I get so bougie right away. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, that's right, going in first. Yep, I'll take a ginger ale while all of the peasants board. <laughs> I didn't pay any more for my ticket than they did. But that's the way that we become, right? That's how we act when we get upgraded, we're like, that's right, I should be up here. That's what leadership is, right? And so the way that Jesus did it, it was like Jesus had a full upgrade. And he was like, no, it's fine, I'll sit and coach, you know? And that's what it looks like sometimes to serve people in the Jesus way. It's to recognize, man, maybe you've been doing it longer. Maybe you deserve more perks. Maybe you do have status. Maybe you have position. Maybe you have power. Maybe you have prominence. But for the sake of the people whom God has laid his life down for, you take a similar posture and you say, hey, look, I'm not going to let my status get in the way 
of serving God's people. I can willingly lay that aside and I can happily serve in the way that the people need, this person needs, this person I'm looking at and the way this person needs. You guys with me today? Yes. All right, please stand. I'm gonna pray. I just wanna pray that God would really shift our attitudes towards my, yes. our mindset and our attitudes about what it means to, ser- to serve. You know who I think some of the biggest legends in this church are? People who serve in kids that don't have kids and that pe- people who serve in kids that don't have kids and are not called, air quotes, to kids. Honestly, you guys are legends. If that's you in here, I love you. I love you before, but I love you even more. You're, just, you're a legend, right? Or people who, are, who do have kids and they're with kids all week and they serve in kids. Like, you guys are legends. Honestly, you really are. Don't, I'm not trying to say anything about anybody who doesn't. I'm just saying the people who do, you guys are legends. Because there are some of us who feel called to do that. But by and large, when, when it comes to doing the chores of the family, so many people do so many things around here that they're not called to do. It's not a delight, it's a duty. But they do it because they're taking that posture of Jesus and they're serving. And here's what I can guarantee. Like serving in kids, you're face to face with a child, right? That kid is going to be transformed because of your service. But you know who's going to be more transformed? You. You. Because you will learn to love kids in the way that Jesus called us to love each other. And any other team, welcome home team, production team, any team we have. These leadership messages, guys, are not like intentional plugs or employees to try to get people to sign up to serve, but the local church offers us each an opportunity to be transformed by laying our lives down for one another. And I want to encourage you, if you go to church here, if I'm your pastor, like listen to me clearly, please get involved, serve, find some way, I don't care what it looks like, to give your life away to other people so that you can be more transformed into the attitude of Jesus that says, I'm a leader in the house. So I wash dirty feet. Amen? Amen. So if you don't mind, just close your eyes, bow your heads for a moment. If you're in here today and you would say, I'm far from God. I'm not living right. And I'm not walking with Jesus. And you'd just like to make a change in your life today. Be transformed. Rededicate your life to God or dedicate your life to Jesus for the first time, would you mind just to lift your hand real quick? We're going to pray for you. We always love to create this opportunity. Awesome. I see you guys. Anybody else? We'd love to create this opportunity for anybody who'd like to rededicate their lives to Jesus or give their lives to Jesus today for the first time. Awesome. We got some hands raised. And so I just want as a family for us to pray this out together. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I repent of my sin. I turn from my past today. And I give my life to Jesus. Jesus, wash me. Cleanse me. I know you forgive me. Fill me with the Spirit. I give my life to you. I'll walk with you for all my days and forever. In Jesus' name. Lord, so I just pray right now for each and every person here. Lord, would you shift our attitudes? Change our attitudes about leadership. Lord, change our examples. It's fine to be inspired by public figures and people online. It's great. Sometimes they help illuminate our purpose and what you've called us to do. Sometimes you put people in our path to testify to us about what's actually possible for us. 
But Lord, before we make anybody and anything a role model, let us look to Jesus. As Christians, let us look to Christ as the ultimate example of what it means to be leaders. And let us not forget that on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus was found washing dirty feet. That's what leadership looks like in the kingdom. So empower us for that type of leadership. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Guys, we are so thankful that you joined us today. How many of you guys would say, I'm going to leave here a different person? A couple of you guys. 12 of you guys. 15, 16. Okay, I like it. I'm going to leave here a different person today. You know why? Because Jesus is here. God is here. And uh, it's amazing what happens when we pray, when we worship, when we get in the word together. Even though we may not feel it at first, we're being transformed on the inside. God's doing a work in this house. You guys believe it? Amen.